Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't believe BuzzFeed who do my, um, is it BuzzFeed? I don't even know what they're called anymore. Okay, edit, turns out it isn't BuzzFeed. It's, it's Buzzsprout, but that's the kind of morning I was having that morning. Heck, they keep writing to me about how many people are listening to my podcast and it's going up and up and up and up and up and I get the, and I'm like, wow, it's either my mother listening again and again and again. Okay, edit, turns out my mother's only ever listened to me once, so it definitely wasn't her, so it's you guys. Thank you very much. Or it's you guys, and I know with the feedback I'm getting, it's fantastic, and I've got some great, um, really great guests coming up and some great subjects we're going to talk about. But today, this is come out of the blue. This episode wasn't meant to happen. I had a technical problem, but it's going to end up being really good because I've got Beth Burrows with me, who is an actress, a writer, um She's not an impersonator, but she's got a fantastic new show out about sirens of old Hollywood. And she's joining me now because this show is going to be about Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn and Judy Garland. Now, I know Judy and Marilyn were friends and she's joining me now. And I asked her, can I tell, can I tell your age to the listeners? And she yeah. said, yeah, I'm yeah, 30. And I was like, oh, to be 30 again. So you join me. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm really good, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And it's literally, we're supposed to just be to publicise your show, but I'm so interested in your story now that I want to... Let's talk, so let's talk about this show first off. It's called Sirens of the Screen. Silver Screen. Sirens of the Silver Screen. And, um, well, you can explain it because it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sirens of the Silver Screen is... Um, it's essentially kind of like a, a new adventure into old Hollywood. Um, it's about the lives of, as you said, Judy Garland, Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe. So kind of like the three brightest, most iconic lights of the uh, golden age Hollywood era. Um, so it's their stories, but it's kind of the stuff you didn't know because there's a load of kind of a lot of people know kind of the basic surface level about the three of them. But when I, and actually when I was making the show, I thought I was going to do just the songs and kind of a little bit of chat between, but I was so fascinated by these women that I ended up going a lot deeper, going into like down the, down the mine and um, put together this show. So it's, it's one point, one part story, which is the script that I've put together. It's one part song, which is of course the famous numbers that they're all associated with. And it's one part cinema. So I've got projections and clips of different moments of them in their lives along, along the way. Um, and that's pretty much the, uh, the show. And do they all link up or are they, is there, because I don't want to ruin your show by telling people how it, <laughs> but just because these three women, obviously Marilyn and, and Judy Garland were actually friends. There's some beautiful pictures of them together, mm. which you probably have seen. Do they link up in the show or, or how, how do they come together or is it just, are they individually done? Yeah, so I take them kind of one by one. So I start with Judy and then I, I put Audrey in the middle because she's kind of, I feel like Judy and Marilyn, they were so amazing that they both had such like chaotic energies and Audrey's kind of a bit more angelic and kind of uh, balances them. And then Marilyn, of course, you've got to finish with Marilyn because she's the big finish. Um, they do connect in ways. There's a lot of weird ways that they all connected. So I touch on that during the show in terms of how the three of them co coincided with each other. Um, but I take them one by one whilst looking at the connections that brought the three of them together in, in some weird ways. 
So your background is obviously as a writer and, and an actress. What made you want to do this show with these three? Are you big? Are you, were you a big fan of them? Do you think? Because let's be honest, Marilyn Monroe's had a lot of coverage. So what do you bring to the Marilyn story? What are you bringing to this um, that's different than other shows we would have seen? Yeah, I, I think the reason that I wanted to do old Hollywood is because I think there is like something so timeless about it. And even though it's sort of 50, 60, 70 years later, it's one of those kind of rare golden moments, which really, I feel like the world was just, there was so much exciting stuff going on. And I feel like if you look at the entertainment system now, it's just not as exciting and it doesn't feel like it's got the kind of human heart behind it. Whereas these, these women and their stories, when I started digging, I was just fascinated by them. Mm. Um, the reason that I specifically told these three is obviously because, first of all, they're very, very famous and everybody knows them just off their first name alone. Um, but I think there's there's a lot that we don't know or that your average person out there who kind of maybe has seen a few MGM films but doesn't really know doesn't consider themselves themselves like an old Hollywood expert. There's so much stuff about these women that was just so much more interesting than the fact that they were beautiful and that they were look good in a costume. Um, and I wanted to really kind of bring the I wanted to bring the heart back to these women in their soul because I feel like like don't get me wrong, but when you sort of I don't know you go into the hairdressers and they've got the Andy Warhol print of Marilyn and it's like oh she's so glamorous and beautiful and sexy. Mm that's kind of what we've reduced her to and the same with the other two and I just feel like there was so much more to these women and it's an injustice not to explore it and hopefully explore it in an entertaining way yeah I love that it's interesting because what I'm realizing that more and more as as time's gone on I think the benefit of us living in 2021 and right now there doesn't feel like there's a lot of benefits (laughs) with COVID happening but it is that we're having time to re- evaluate and re-look and there's been so much done of Marilyn that I think there's a craving for more information and because she's passed there isn't anymore so we're literally going back and re-evaluating her and discovering these I mean I know you use fragments in the um, fragments is a book of Marilyn's writings and I was really lucky because when I was on tour uh, with Julian's Auction House and we were doing the big Marilyn Monroe sale which I think now is like four years ago it's crazy it's five years ago maybe I got to see these original writings these original poems actually wow. handwritten notes I got to see them go through them touch them and they were quite manic um, the way they were written it's obviously just thoughts streaming out of her of her mind and just being because a lot of them didn't make sense it was literally like getting someone's mm. sketchbook and thinking you know what they're going on about but they knew what they were going on about when they were writing them so you use fragments in your show what was um what part of those writings did you pick up on that uh, moved you to put it in the show yeah I was it was kind of again um I was just so taken with it I was like I can't not use this section because I feel Anyway, this, to answer your question, the section with the, it's the bit where she kind of has that nightmare uh, of, of Dr. Hohenberg and Lee, Sprat, Lee Strasberg um, kind of doing surgery on her and they, they open her up and, and then they find to her horror that she's just full of sawdust. Um, like a doll. And, I, and she took, like a doll, yeah, like a, like a raggedy and doll, as she says. And, and the, the, the fact that she's so focused on the disappointment of, of Arthur and of everybody and that she has somehow failed these men. It just broke my heart. And I was just like, that. I just, it, I feel for that, it just completely sums up 
so much of what we don't know or what the average person doesn't understand of Marilyn is the fact that she was just really damaged. Um, and I found that particular episode really like heartbreaking, but so vivid and and you... and and there. So I decided to include that as, yeah. as one of the monologues. Did you find it relatable? Because I remember I re- it affected me the way it affected you. Actually, I do remember. That's why I said the doll because we had, we had not spoken before this podcast about what part that was. Mm. So as soon as you said it, I knew exactly, and I'd seen that part, and I just I found that quite relatable about many of us who are actors in that we spend so much time having to find character or dig deep within ourselves and and create this illusion like she created with Marilyn. And I talk about this in my show, that this thing that you create that's Marilyn Monroe or you're, mm. you're having to create her. But inside, where where am I? What is what of me? What's, what is there in me? And I think them cutting her open and just finding the sawdust was like she wasn't complete. Mm-hmm. She could complete this person that we all see as Marilyn Monroe. But I still think she was trying to work out who she was inside. And she didn't know. And that's why there's just... That's my interpretation of it. Obviously, it doesn't mean it's do you, right. But Yeah. Do you, just out of interest, Susie, do you think she ever did figure it out before she died or not? I mean, she I never really thought of that. But. Yeah, well, she died at 36. So to me, I'm 44 mm. now. Everyone goes, stop telling your age, Susie. Stop telling your age. You've got, right, well, I am. You can, <laughs> it's on Wikipedia, guys. There's nothing I can do about it, right? And I'm only just figuring myself out now. I mean, I'll be honest. When Marilyn Monroe mm. passed and I started reading about her when I was in my 20s, I thought 36 isn't that young. And now I'm like at 44 and thinking, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I was an idiot when I was 36. I, I didn't. You know, I, I, there was still so much to learn, so much I wanted to do. I really didn't um, know myself. So I think I think Marilyn was just starting to... Because she had so mm. much trauma growing up. And I'm not, I'm not trying to medically diagnose her with anything, but she had a lot of trauma growing up. And to be in Hollywood is hard enough, even if you've had the best life to start with. Yeah. But I just think that... Um, she was really craving to find out who she really was, which I think is why she wanted to kill off Marilyn Monroe and try and do different acting roles. You know, I think Marilyn Monroe mm. was a love-hate relationship that she had because it was something that made her money and made her famous, but also something that she wasn't as well, which is probably yeah. why she wrote that. Oh, I'm, I'm really Dr. Freuding this, aren't I? I'm going really deep. Well, no, I think, no, but I think, it is, I think it's true. I think it's, I, I completely relate to what you're saying about, I think it quite a unique a unique experience that's quite common for actors and performers and people that have to put on masks and faces every day and 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 to slip into something that they're not after a while of doing that it can be hard to reset to find okay go back to neutral and trying to figure out what what is neutral um so i yeah i think you're right i think that probably didn't help her um i think it was probably a big escape for her doing those roles because i think most of us that kind of fall into performance it's because it feels escapist but oh, it, it actually yeah. it can it can also perhaps unpick and undo the fabric of who you essentially are when you're not in character or you're not through the eyes of someone else so yeah I think I think you're right I think that's so true because there's days I've had that have been really bad days and you've probably had them too as an actress and then you get on stage and you can just forget it forget forget your troubles and mm. get happy and talking about that Judy yeah. is definitely one of those so what because I've got to be honest I know Marilyn Monroe inside out as much as you possibly can yeah really, because I've played her for so long and researched her and played her in movies so I know her life because I've had to play it but I don't really know a lot about Judy except for probably what the public know and I'm quite ashamed to say this I watched Renée Zellweger play Judy Garland 
um I thought it was fantastic but then I wouldn't know yeah. if it was or it wasn't because I don't really know Judy so I'm being really sold something so what did you find out about Judy Garland that you're bringing to your show um again a lot um there was again with Judy there's kind of the stuff on the surface that again a lot of people know about kind of oh when she did over the rainbow she was being sort of pepped up and popped down with her sleeping pills and all of this stuff um yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff with Judy um so really, do you know what? It's really interesting because when I was putting the show together, I was like, my God, these women are real sisters in terms of Judy and Marilyn. Now, obviously, they were they were very close, but their experiences, both where they came from and the, and the treatment they were subjected to by the studios was like remarkably similar. Um, and in the sense that kind of both of them, I think, were really victims of the studio system for the early parts of their life and certainly the majority of their careers. Um, they both had real substance abuse issues. They were both kind of, it was obviously the sleeping pills and the barbiturates. Um, they both had like a terrible track record for being late or just for not turning up at all. Um, there were loads of like parallels between them. Um, and what I really enjoyed about that relationship with Marilyn is that obviously when Marilyn did Marilyn Monroe Productions, I feel like that was her kind of like two fingers in the air at the Hollywood system. And Judy had kind of been eaten up and spat out by that really like cruel way of making movies. And I feel like she never quite managed to kind of do her own thing or like release herself from it but I feel like Marilyn kind of did that for her years later when she made Marilyn Monroe Productions does that make any sense yes it does totally makes sense yeah so I think I think there was a real like synergy between Judy and, and Marilyn um and also a lot of the kind of psychological stuff we've been talking about like I think, how they saw themselves and yeah yeah I think that's why they bonded I think whenever you meet somebody mm. and it not not just famous people but I think whenever you meet somebody and, you, and within a few moments you have good energy and you're mm. like why am I have a good energy with this person yeah. and then you find out you know more about them than you just by being in their company and I think Marilyn and Judy probably just knew you know, and then once they started talking, yeah. they really saw that they were going through, even though their childhoods were different, they were very similar being in this system. And um, I think people really underestimate what, what Marilyn Monroe did when she set up Marilyn Monroe Productions. I still don't yeah. think she's got the full credit for that. It was such a brave move. I was talking in one of my previous podcasts to Scott Faulkner. I heard, yeah. yeah. And to me, I, I like to think of myself as quite brave, right? I'm a bit of a, mm. I'm a little bit of a rebel heart, as, as Madonna would say. But I don't <laughs> think I would be in a comfortable position earning the money she finally got where she wanted in Hollywood to then go, right, guys, I'm off. I don't know, you know, I think I would be like, oh, I'm pretty comfy here. There's other girls that could replace <laughs> yeah. me, you know. So she really, when people, it actually upsets me when people talk about feminism in Hollywood and she gets left off. It's always the Audrey Hepburns, which we'll come to next. Look what Audrey Hepburn yeah. did with children, with um, UNICEF, and I think it was UNICEF, UNICEF yeah. Um, uh, uh, look what, you know, this one did. And Marilyn gets left off, and I think, well, hang on a minute. Let's have a look at what Marilyn did because mm. she really was. Um, sorry, it wasn't Scott. It was uh, Michelle Morgan who wrote uh, the girl Marilyn Monroe, a modern feminist. She, uh, I think, she's really underestimated Marilyn. So I'm great about. Do, do you talk about this in your show that she created this um, production company? 
Uh, yeah, I think there's a reference to it. I think it's kind of overshadowed by the the general downward uh, trajectory of her life at that point because, um, I mean, obviously she set it up, but then I think it's the focus moves into obviously going and doing the performance for JFK, the happy birthday, and the fact mm. that she was fired for that and all of these things. But no, I, I, I mean, yeah, it is in there about the fact that actually she, she like you say, trailblazer, like go go to Marilyn that was yeah. it's it's kind of an, enough today that to set up your own enterprise as a woman is is still seen as or can still be seen as or you feel as a woman that you are still kind of just pushing against that like invisible barrier of yes I am going to do this yes there isn't a male backer yes I'm going to do this by myself and the fact that as you say she walked away from kind of stability and security and all of that stuff essentially into the unknown um and also people going it's Marilyn she hasn't got any brain cells she's blonde, dumb blonde like how is she ever going to do this and I think people really underestimated her sharpness as a businesswoman and her brain because she was so smart without doubt and leading on to brains and being smart mm. and I don't think <clears throat> Marilyn Monroe lived long enough to prove but I think she would have gone the route of Audrey Hepburn um, yeah. Audrey Hepburn aged gracefully she looked amazing and she did amazing charity work and I could see Marilyn, you, you saw Princess Diana in a way going that route as well, you know I think these glamorous yeah. women, they really see that the public love them and they, and they get love back and I think when you've been in Hollywood you know that that love is not really real um, it's, mm. it's uh, based on a, a relationship of give me what I want and I'll love you whereas I think these women kind of walk away from that and I, I'd see Marilyn going down the route that Audrey Hepburn did so what do you what do you discover about Audrey because I, again I don't know a lot about Audrey so what will I see in your play about it yeah um, a lot again um, so uh, her her kind of roots her, her background her childhood was really interesting because she actually grew up during the Nazi occupation. So she was living in, in Arnhem in, um, in the Netherlands and she literally kind of was, the Nazis were controlling her, the little town that she lived in. So she and her family literally had to, they had to like grind down tulip bulbs in order to make flour to kind of make biscuits. Like they were really starving. Um, so everybody obviously thinks of Audrey as kind of this incredibly slim woman. She's got this insanely spelt physique for her whole life. Um, and I think obviously modern day obsession with, with kind of image, people go, oh my God, she must've been on some crazy diet. No, I just think, I don't think her body ever got used to having regular food because she spent the first, her childhood years essentially kind of starving. Um, she also trained as a ballerina, which probably added to the way that she was built. Um, so she had kind of a quite traumatic upbringing in a different way to Judy and Marilyn who was it I think it was their their trauma came a lot more from kind of the relationship type things um Audrey was literally living through the Nazi occupation um which is interesting and then yeah and then kind of her big break we obviously know about Breakfast at Tiffany's but before that came Roman Holiday um which is a, a lovely love film. film and mm. she's just Audrey's got this like quite different energy I think to Marilyn on screen where it, she's got this kind of like I don't know this like impish but very angelic quality mm. and I think you see that from her very first film with Roman Holiday it kind of comes through um other interesting things about Audrey of course would be um I'm just looking through my notes here oh yeah I mean she had some terrible luck with men as well so Judy had five marriages obviously Marilyn had three divorces wasn't it and then um 
also bless Audrey, she didn't have much luck either. So she really got her heart broken a couple of times. She did find kind of happiness in the end. Um, but she had a bit of a, a rough road. Um, interesting parallels, of course, a lot of people might know is that Marilyn was the original potential for Holly Golightly, but they, they right. thought she would be too um, too sexual. She would make the role too kind of, um, yeah, sexy. So it went to Audrey in the end, which I don't know. I, I, I mean, I love her in Breakfast at Tiffany's with Holly Golightly, but I would have loved to have seen Marilyn take as well. I, I really um, am a little bit obsessed with this story because um, there's a Trimble mm. book, um, children oh god what's it called and there's a and there's a a, a, a play about him and marilyn mm. um oh my god my brain's gone i can't remember it, it's by Truman capote and you know there's a lot of swearing in it him and marilyn are swearing beautiful child <laughs> sorry so it's called a beautiful child if no one's ever read by Truman capote beautiful child if you haven't read it becky you really should read it it's very okay. short it'll take you 20 down. minutes to read it not longer and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's in a collection of short stories by him. And it's about him and Marilyn attending a funeral. And the, me and my friend always wanted to do this on stage because it could be a two-person play. And they swear mm-hmm. and Marilyn turns on the Marilyn. She's never referred to as Marilyn, but we know it's her. But you could see yeah. how that he completely visualised her as Holly Golightly. And it would have oh, been wow. a completely different... Because it was Truman Capote, the writer, that wanted Marilyn Monroe in yeah. that role. But to be honest with you, it would have been a completely different film. It would have been a completely different mm. energy as well. And I and I, I don't think you can beat perfection. I think Audrey Hepburn was perfect for that film. You know? Yeah, I and, agree. And you could make it with Marilyn and it would be a completely different film. So um, yeah. that, that's the beauty of it. I, I went and saw Anna Friel play... Um, Holly Go Lightly on stage at the Haymarket, and she played it more to the original uh, writings of Truman Capote, and you could totally tell the difference. It wasn't anything like Audrey Hepburn's performance. Brilliant, yeah. But it's but I I love Audrey. I mean, my favorite Audrey Hepburn film is Sabrina, and not many people like that film, but I adore that. Film. I love it, and the, oh my god, some of the designs in that film as well are just stunning. Like. Givenchy did a lot. I think he did a lot of the costumes on that, and it's just. I mean, Audrey on screen, even if you take away the sound and you're just looking at her moving and the way that she, the aura that she has, and she's just so beautiful. In similar to Marilyn, but obviously their look was quite was pretty much the other end of the spectrum, wasn't yeah, it? Because yeah. you've got this waist gammy thing in Audrey, and then you've got this pure like woman and female form with Marilyn. I think they're both so beautiful, but in completely different ways. Yeah, they're so complimentary to each other. I mean, I love when I do, yeah. I've got two girls that I do Audrey Hepburn with on, on gigs and I literally love working with them because it's just, there's an energy between us and I always, it is because of that. We are, and we could even see how different men react to us. So it's like, because <laughs> we're such, yeah, we're such different types. I think you do have the Audrey men and you have the Marilyn men. And it really stands. Yeah. Out. So your your play, please tell us when it's on and um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's um so it's on Stream Dot Theatre, um and it's available uh, worldwide, which is exciting. So no matter where you are, you can catch it if you are interested. It's between the nineteenth and the twenty fifth of April, um and performances are being streamed at seven thirty p.m. GMT. Uh, and there is an additional little matinee as well on the Sunday the 25th at 3pm UK time. Uh, the show lasts about 90 minutes. There'll be a little interval 
Marilyn is the whole second act, so you get a lot of Marilyn um, for your money. And um, yeah, and that's 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 the show. And this is a show that's been pre-recorded um, on a theatre stage. Yeah that they're seeing it's it's not in your it's not a stream show guys in her bedroom or something that a lot of people do <laughs> no, in these no, no. facebook lives it's not nothing wrong with that but we're just saying it's, it's no, actually no, no. a theater show that you've filmed that's being streamed yeah it's the fully staged show from uh one of the runs that i did in london so the show actually premiered in dubai because i was living in dubai for a couple of years and i was trying on a different persona as a journalist which was in hindsight, hilarious. Um, so it premiered in Dubai. Then I was performing it around the world. I've been performing it on uh, a cruise line um, every now and then. And then it's had two runs in London over the past few years. So this is one of the, the performances from the London show. So it's yeah, not it's not um, it's not in the bedroom with me using soft toys as the other women and the men and things. I'm not getting out my teddy bears. Don't worry. Brilliant. So that that sounds fantastic. And what I'll do is um, anyone listening to this, I'll put these dates and everything and the link in the bottom of the description of the podcast and obviously on social so you can see it and will it be coming to a stage when we're free and we're out of our homes um is there anywhere in the uk or abroad that we can see this when it's not streaming potentially there's potential uh talks in place at the moment about maybe bringing it some different places around the world which is exciting um it's had two london runs already so i don't know if i'll bring it to london again but never say never um but my new show which i'm working on is going to be coming to london this summer uh in june july and that's also old hollywood golden era but it's um it's a little bit of a twist because i'm i'm taking the men this time uh so yeah. So you're going to be playing I, the I, men? Uh, well, this is the <laughs> thing. It's not actually going to be um, me playing the men, if that makes any sense. So um, it's called um, Luck Be a Lady. And it's about, in the same way that I've done Judy Audrey Marilyn, those, the kind of highs and lows, the ins and outs, the darks and the lights of their life. It's uh, Fred Astaire, mm. Gene Kelly, and Frank Sinatra. But it is not me being the men. Um, it's actually me being women. So, again, similar to when I started on Sirens and I started digging and I was like, God, these women are fascinating. When I started researching men, there are so many strong, also weak, um, but really interesting women that were sort of flitting around these men like fireflies the whole way through their lives, whether it's sort of a very strong mother or a girlfriend or a sister or whatever it might be. And so this new show is actually the female perspective um, on these men. So, for example, wow. Ginger Rogers on Jean or, um, sorry, Ginger on Fred or Nancy Sinatra on her father. Or So it, it's kind of a bit of a twist. It's the female take on these incredibly famous men. I love that. I'm, I'm a bit of a... I had a crush on Gene Kelly. I used to have dreams about him. Oh, he's gorgeous. So, and I, I, then I found... I watched this documentary on him and his, his last wife. Wow, what a piece of work she was. So Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I, yeah, there's, there's wicked evil stepmother and then there's... I'm not going to say her name, but then there's the final wife of, of Gene Kelly. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, she she was. I, I finished this documentary. I mean, all, I always take documentaries with a pe pe pinch of salt. But I did, mm. after listening to his children, I did think, 
Oh, Jean, come on. No fool like an old fool, I guess. Well, this is so yeah. exciting. I, I will definitely come and see this when it's out in summer. I can't wait to get out and be free. And I'm definitely going to tune in um, to and remind us of the dates again. So this for Science of the Silver Screen Online is the 19th to the 25th of April. So that's next week. This is going to go out on Sunday, guys. So that, oh, that's going to be fantastic. I'm so interested to see it because I know a lot of my listeners <laughs> are fascinated by these three women and it'd just be amazing to, to see it. Thank you so much. Have you got um, any website or Instagram where people can look you up and follow you if they want to see what you've done? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so my um, the special website to the show is actually sirensshow.com. So that would take you to kind of um, get a little bit more juice on the on the show itself. My Instagram is Beth underscore Burrows. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I've also got BethBurrows.com as my official website as an actress and a singer. But that's awesome. where you can find me. So guys, thank you so much for joining me and check out Sirens of the Silver Screen. I think it's going to be fantastic. 19th to 25th of April, 7.30 UK time. So wherever you are in the world, you've got to work that out. I think if you're in LA, you're eight hours behind us. You've got to do all that maths. But if you go to your iPhone, it will tell you, which is one thing I always like. Tickets are £10. And um, like she said, it's actually a you're seeing a theatre show. You're not going to see a live stream from someone's bedroom. No offence to anyone that does that. But this is actually a, a, a theatre <laughs> show that you're paying to see that we streamed in. of These three amazing women, Judy, Audrey and Marilyn. Thank you so much, Beth, for joining me. And good luck with it. And good luck for hopefully bringing your show back in the summer. Thank you so much, Susie. It's been so much fun chatting with you. Thank you. Oh, that was such a fun episode. It was, uh, I've had such a week, I can't even tell you. But it's all going to come up. I have to do another interview with someone because I recorded the interview and it all went wrong. <laughs> and I played it back. So that's the whole story that's coming up. And uh, we're also going to be looking at Marilyn's mental health issues and addressing that. Um, it's a subject that a lot of us talk about and it needs to be handled very delicately. And we're going to be talking about that in future episodes. But I just want to thank you so much for listening in. Um, I couldn't do this without you guys and it really just makes me so happy that you guys are so supportive please let me know what you think and so I can read them out and let me know any subjects that you'd like covered or um, any suggestions because they really help me and maybe you can be a guest who knows so um, keep listening and thank you thank you again it's been such a great journey with you guys